Hey, this is Nicole Burkhalter from Mindful Connections and we're talking again about horse logic today and um, I'm gonna go deep today because lately um, it has really been obvious to me that we have so many layers to communicate with our horses um, at. So we have our regular body language, right, and we have our mind connection where we can even think a word or come up with some ideas and the horse is already connected to us. And then sometimes there's another layer. To me that's where the horses really show up with a larger purpose where I sometimes get blown away um, to a point where I'm little, literally uncertain for a few moments until it settles in to my body, mind, and intuition, what actually occurred. And I want to tell you a little story that just happened last week. So um, a few months ago, actually, to give you a little background, Cutter, our Palomino quarter horse, um, actually, yeah, see if you can catch him on the, in the field back there. Maybe not, he's hiding behind a tree. But Cutter um, was depressed and he, uh, showed up in the morning for food, but he kind of was uh, not really excited about it. And it was winter and we were all a little dragging our feet, so to speak, because, you know, winter was long up here in Vermont. And so I thought uh, maybe he's just a little tired of not walking a lot and being kind of limited um, to, you know, in what he can do. And the more I tuned into him, and with the help of a friend, actually, I realized Cutter really was missing people. And, you know, in the winter, we don't have a lot of people here. And I know Cutter loves children, actually, or teenagers. And so the opportunity arose that the after-school program in my town was looking for people to support the kids with some unusual activities. And I said, why don't we do an after-school program um, here for seven weeks and see um, if that wouldn't help Cutter and of course also the kids to connect with animals. And um, the week of the first group coming here, they come usually on Thursdays. On Tuesday I told the horses in the morning, all right, it's happening, the kids are coming on Thursday, this is exciting. And that night, I actually, it was a rainy day, walked down towards the barn and Shana was first in line and behind her was our goat Sammy and then Cutter and I kind of stood off to the side. And as we were walking down towards the barn, Shana out of the blue went and kicked out. And I went like, what? And she just about touched the goat, she didn't. She was very aware of her feet, but she went like, no, my girlfriend, come on, that's not nice. Well, what's going on here? And I moved her along because with all the communication and the connecting and understanding the horses and seeing the world through their eyes, we still have to have really good boundaries and she cannot just kick around. Or she can, but she needs to also know that that's not acceptable um, because it's dangerous. So we went down to the run and shed. I put the hay down and... Within moments, the goat mingled around again. Here was Shana, here's the goat, I'm standing here, and pew, she kicks out again. And I'm like, what? And I took my glove and I popped it on her patootie, and I said, get moving, that's inappropriate. How can you be kicking right here? That's crazy. And so we had a little discussion. I asked her actually to step out of the barn, and I let her think about what she just did and at first she was a little like I can't believe you're making me do this and I'm like well you know what we need to talk about safety and boundaries and after a moment she relaxed and put her head down and said all right I think 
I can come back it now. And she did. In the meantime, though, what went through my head is like, wait a second, I'm going to bring uh, middle school kids here or even younger kids here. And I have a horse that kicks out randomly out of the blue and I don't even know why. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good idea. And as I'm walking back to the house, the horses are in the barn. I hear her and she goes, I wanted to remind you, you're doing this for Cutter. I went, what? And I got into the house and I said to David, you know what, this is interesting. I always had a visual of both horses being initially certainly tied to a fence or, you know, in the barn and the children doing stuff with them, like brushing, learning about the body parts, different things. And she's right. She never asked for this. I was doing this, you know, for the kids and for Cutter because I knew he would enjoy it. And to assume she will stand there just like a good little doobie um, next to Cutter was assumptive of me. And so I was like, okay. And I said, uh, I said out loud, I, I get it. You know, I was in the house, but I said, you know, I get it. And if that's what she meant, then probably tomorrow morning she'll be different. Lo and behold, the next morning she was very soft and connected and again like her typical self. Um, that Thursday the kids actually didn't come because of some circumstances at the school. I went to the, to the class and met the kids there and um, last week, however, they did come last Thursday. And... Um, the horses were at liberty, we were just taking everything in. We met Scout and we met some of the cats and, you know, we met the horses and the goat. But it was just really a general visit at first. The first time they're out here, so we weren't getting right to work, but we were more exploring and discovering um, the land and the animals. And within, and at the end, when we were hanging with the horses and were saying goodbye, Shana, um, who I had promised she doesn't need to get engaged, came and put her head over one of the children's, like head, so to speak. So, right, if you imagine she stands behind the little person and her head comes over like this and she has this child basically hugged. And that's kind of a place where she always likes people to to hang out, which is her heart chakra. And, um, you know, sometimes when I sit down and I actually have a photo of, of us where, you know, I'm sitting down on a bucket or something and she is right like this hanging over me and holding me in her chest area and her heart space. And that's what she did for this child. And um, the child was very moved by it and, and uh, was very aware of what was going on. And, uh, after the kids left, I thought about it a little bit more and I heard her go, I could have not done that if I was not at liberty. And I was like, you're right, because the way I had envisioned our session to go is with both horses tied up and, you know, the kids to be safe and to, you know, make sure that they first get to know each other. Uh, and uh, some of the kids were a little anxious actually around the horses. So that I thought that was a good idea. But obviously um, she had other thoughts and told me so that Tuesday night and then again on Thursday when we had the kids here uh, afterwards, like I said, she said, 
I couldn't have done that. And she knew that this really mattered to the child. And I could tell because the way the child spoke about it, it really mattered to him that she did this. And um, that's such a powerful experience, once again, to think, what do I really know? I can only have some ideas of what I want to do and then I have to somehow, if I have as good a relationship as I have with my animals, I have to have some faith and trust that when they act out of norm, like she was that night kicking, that I need to set boundaries, yes, but still think about why. Why did she do that? Horses never do anything without a purpose or a reason. And it could have been something as simple as um, the goat had bugged her throughout the day and it was finally time to tell the goat to back off. But somehow the energy wasn't that. And um, that when I walked back to the house and, and she mentioned, you know, you're doing this for Kara, not for me, remember that. I was like, that's really true. And so it was interesting. I was talking to a client of mine who... Uh, I did an animal communication reading for, and she actually works with horses and people also. Um, she actually does the equine coaching. And um, she has noticed, as much as she, and here we go back to, you know, we can do very basic things like lead a horse over an obstacle and let the person explore why the horse might stop or why the horse stops or do some reflective work in that sense. But sometimes she also told me her horses also do things that are much more subtle, where um, the horse shows signs of, let's just say, retreating from the person and doesn't want to be with the person. And that's the moment when this client of mine will ask the person what's going on in their life and they share about wanting to retreat. And the horse just mirrored that. Or um, where a horse, uh, after a session, shows behaviors like, um, let's just say pawing at the gate, um, letting the woman know that the session with this person that he worked with might have not been complete and over yet. And those are more the subtle things where we as humans, when we have equines as our partners, be it for work or be it in life, like for me, where we have an opportunity to stop and get quiet and question, is this a moment where we need to be a student or a teacher? Wow. Oops. Uh, because I think... Um, that we often think we're the teacher, but, and have to be often the teacher, right? To set boundaries, I said that before. Um, but make just sure that the wind does not kick in this up too loud so that people can maybe not hear this because obviously this is pretty big stuff. But so it's important for us to be the teacher when it comes to setting boundaries with our horses. But it is really equally important to be the student. And I teach that all the time, that we have so much to learn from the horses and especially on these with, you know, at the level of subtleties where we really rush too fast to a decision, where we rush too fast to an opinion, where we rush too fast to a label. I've talked about that before. Um, you know, we could say like, oh, why is she acting out like this? 
in the aftermath, I realized how else could Shana have triggered me to rethink my visual of two horses tied up for grooming? Only by acting out so that I would get afraid of a child could get hurt in her presence. So that I then start thinking, oh my God, wait a second, what if a child gets hurt? And then she can come in and say, I wasn't the one asking for this. I didn't want this. So leave me, please, out of your plan of working with children. That's between you and Cutter. Which then, when I promised her that that's okay and she doesn't need to get engaged, she had the liberty to get engaged at a level that she knew was important for her and for this child. So pretty powerful stuff. Has me thinking quite a bit this. And that's why I want to share it with you, just to kind of maybe help you look at some of the behaviors that your horses show with different eyes and maybe try to figure out what could he or she meant by that. Again, horses always have a reason for behavior. It's up to us to figure it out why they're doing what they're doing so that we can then either support them or teach them, right? Support them as their student or teach them as the teacher. So I hope this is um, something for you to ponder and think about and um, I'm looking forward to coming up with another thing maybe inspired by these guys uh, next week. All right, thank you.